0: I'm excited to talk with him because I am a uh, a sufferer of arthritis, yep. and that is how I got my medical marijuana card. Uh, Seth Ginsburg is the uh, executive of the Global Healthy Living Foundation, and he just released a study entitled Patients' Perceptions and the Use of Medical Marijuana. He's also the co-founder and president of one of the great named companies of all time, Creaky Joints. Seth Ginsburg, <laughs> welcome to We Talk Live with Jimmy Young and Kurt Dalton and Dan McCarthy. Marthy's with us, too.
1: Hey, guys. How you doing?
0: Good. How's it we're going? We're, we're having an interesting discussion here, uh, and it, it continues with you. Tell us a little bit about, uh, first of all, Creaky Joints, because I, I just love the title of that group.
1: Sure, sure. So Creaky Joints is an online patient community focused on education support, advocacy, and research for people and their families suffering from the more than 100 different types of arthritis. Arthritis, as you know, is the leading cause of disability in the United States, and I've actually had arthritis uh, since I was a little boy. I was diagnosed at age 13, and so I grew up as a teenager, kind of coming of age, and I was actually a first-year student up in Massachusetts at Babson College when I was (laughs) in my dorm room bunk bed staring at the coils above me wondering where is everyone else going through something like this and this being the 90s at the time i had uh, gotten out of bed and emailed my former internship boss and in one sentence said there's got to be a way to bring people together in a positive environment where we can share strength and experience and fortunately he wrote back the next day that he'd like to become a social entrepreneur and we ought to do this together and that afternoon creaky joints became a website and remains one to this day 20 Years later, creakyjoints.org, which we then folded into uh, what became the Global Healthy Living Foundation, the official nonprofit. Uh, umbrella uh, organization with the mission to improve access to care for people with all chronic diseases.
0: Okay, and this is where I get to show my gross fingers on camera, okay? This, Dude, this is my osteoarthritis. Osteo- <laughs> not a rated <laughs> There's-, <Yeah. laughs> There's kids <Okay>. watching. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So, Seth, uh, needless to say, it's, uh, it's hereditary. I've had it uh, for a long time. Uh, four major surgeries in 20 years. Needless to say, wow. that, that qualified me me for a medical marijuana card when the program first started i take charlotte's web cbd Ooh. oil every morning with my turmeric and orange juice and when i run out of it my fingers ache so i know it works you just came off a study where you identified uh 57 percent of arthritis patients have reported trying cbd and or a combination with THC and without, and there's tons of stuff we can talk about about that. Tell us a little bit about this study though.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So we uh, have a patient powered research network called Arthritis Power. It's a free web and mobile app for people with arthritis and enables them to track how they're doing, track their outcomes, as well as participate in patient-centered studies that we conduct. And one of the more recent studies we conducted was actually uh, derived uh, in part by our patient governors. This is a governing body of the research registry. And they created a, a study for measuring patients' perceptions and their use and experiences with medical marijuana. And so we surveyed close to 1,100 people, 1,059 actually people, um, and found, as you mentioned, that 57% of those folks had either tried medical marijuana or CBD products for medical reasons. And of um, interest as well is that of those who use marijuana regularly, 62% use it every day. It sounds a lot like uh, what you were just saying. Um, there are lots of caveats, and, and you know, with a, a smart audience like yours, um, it's important to note that no, this is a you know, this is uh, a study with great limitations. You know, there, there's something called bias in terms of the the cohort, the people that were selected to, selected themselves to be a part of this, um, and this was clearly and, and simply. Um, self-reported and observational and individualized. This is not clinical data. This is not randomized clinical trial data, which is the information gathered from studies that are conducted about uh, you know treatments um, uh, pertaining to you know uh, managing chronic diseases. Uh, or any for, for that matter. Um, these uh, clinical trials are not, as you noted earlier, uh, possible right now due to the federal scheduling of marijuana and CBD. And therefore, we don't have data from a clinical standpoint uh, as to the effects of these uh, products on um, things like arthritis and other chronic diseases. And that's the, the main message. That's kind of the, the big takeaway from our study and I'm happy to get into a lot more of the details, but the, the essence is so many people are medicating with these products. So many people are medicating regularly, and of those finding there to be great uh, relief in their symptoms, and therefore we need a, uh, a more adult approach, as I like to say, toward uh, research in marijuana and CBD in a randomized clinical trial environment, in one where we have missions in universities uh, as well as industries um, that are um, all working together to uh, research and understand these products. Uh, and then presented to regulators like the Food and Drug Administration. None of that is occurring right now, as you know. yeah and 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 so you know we're lacking a lot, and this is our main advocacy message, obviously, in terms of you know begging for more uh, structured and and more evidence-based research about these products so that nobody yourself included. Uh, should be the guinea pig. should be the people with, uh, you know, the anecdotal evidence. Uh, you're an N of one, as they say. You know, it's just you saying that, that that's your relief from that right. product. Um, so let's, let's blow the doors open now and, you know, let medical science and research and academicians as well as uh, industry have at it so we can, um, you know, really raise the bar and and both learn more as well as apply those learnings through the literature with guidance for how to treat these diseases using products like these. Um, but without any data, none of that's going to happen. It's all a proverbial pipe dream uh, for now.
0: Uh, Seth, Kurt, uh, Cannabis.net. I'm looking at a picture of you on the big screen, and uh, you're, you're a very handsome man. You look <laughs> way too young to have arthritis. And you had mentioned you had it as a child and as a kid. How do you feel about youth? Uh, younger people, I mean, in their teens, if it's for a medical condition using it, are are you a pro, yeah, if a 13 or 14-year-old kid has arthritis at this level, I'm for it, or kind of what's your stance on that, having been having it so young?
1: Yeah, so, I I mean, this is where I clearly disclose I'm not a doctor, and so, um, you know, I'm definitely not qualified to give a medical answer to that. However, you know, I I do know how to read, and I do spend an awful lot of time uh, researching uh, this subject and and similar subjects um it's the nature of what i do and i can say that my uh caution my my concern is um you know children uh you know are in development <laughs> and you know there's variance in in what folks say between 21 and 25 is is uh, the age until which you know the brain isn't fully formed frankly and um uh drugs like marijuana again absent any qualitative and clinical evidence um but with uh, some degree of understanding of, as to its impact and um you know what it does to to folks um you know to the brain to the to the mind is uh, something that would concern me uh, i'm a parent uh and i obviously will you know do my part to um prevent my child um, from you know having access to marijuana uh anytime uh at least <laughs> while she's uh living in my house specifically because she's still in development, specifically because um, children's uh, minds and and brains don't fully form. And, and again, there are many more qualified experts, um, neurologists, pediatric uh, neurologists, pediatricians who, of also feel very strongly. In fact, that's that's probably one of your bigger dissenting voices or you know opposing uh, viewpoints with respect to proliferation and legalization of marijuana, and that's the harm it can cause on the the youth and the uh, not fully formed um, brain. And so, you know, I think we have to take that into to serious consideration. And then, of course, we have to carve out the exemptions, and and there unfortunately always are. Um, terrible um, cases of uh, that children suffer from um, rare diseases and another um, very impairing uh, conditions for which uh, there might be relief from marijuana. But uh, absent those exceptions, you know, I would very strongly caution folks uh, with respect to children, um, teenagers, even young adults with respect to, uh, to marijuana and CBD.
0: Now it's interesting you say that because one of the little factoids that we've been putting up as we go to breaks is uh, actually reporting on a recent study of teenagers. I think, thousands of teenagers from the 1980s, and they were separated into regular users, moderate users, occasional users, and never users. And then they were retested in their 30s. And what they concluded in this study was it didn't affect the development of their brain from teen to adult. And again, uh, this this was, not, again, it's not a clinical trial. It's an anecdotal stories, but these these. Uh, things these types of studies are being done now, and um, I, I certainly respect uh, what you're saying about, as an adult and as a parent. But again, a lot of this stuff, and Dan McCarthy, I know you feel the same way, gets really—I don't want to say blown out of proportion, but it, it it feeds it feeds off the stigma
2: a little bit, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you know, one of the the biggest things that. Is going to propel this industry and the onboarding of the new understanding of something that has been categorically prohibited, prohibited, but but presented in 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 orchestrated. Uh, misinformation for years. Right, I right. mean, like like the the you know the stigmata that exists with it, whether you're looking at it in a generational sense or whether you're looking at it in a cultural sense, whether you're looking at it in sort of like, I mean, you can't even look at it in the scientific sense because there is no data. That's what we're always talking about now, right? Because of the restrictions on federal research. The fact that um, re-education has been something that has probably been one of the most, like the highest spikes in the change, in the real paradigm shift, In how cannabis is being perceived. Look at any Gallup poll right now versus two years ago. You're seeing insane spikes in the fact that more than usually between 60 and 70% of people in a national Gallup poll on just the general idea of, without qualifiers, saying, like, you know, are you for legalization or maintaining prohibition, right? You like, let's say it's like 75, 78%, something, right? Then usually, if you—that's why you want to start getting down to those different questions. Some people might say, "I am totally for legalization. I'm not for commercialization." Some people might say, "I'm for legalization, but only for medicinal use." Right. Some people might may say, "I'm for legalization, but you know what? I've noticed everybody's smoking it outside, and I smell it all the time, and now I'm, I'm ticked off." Like there's all these different factions in this conversation.
0: Seth, you you talked, you've mentioned marijuana and CBD in the same breath. We all recognize that uh, there's a hemp product that does not have thc in it or at least up to 0.3 percent thc um that is out there the farm bill made it legal and now it's going to be a crop and a commodity and traded and all this neat stuff but the entourage effect that says you need a little thc to really get the most benefits out of the cbd where do you stand as far as that uh, theory goes those anecdotal stories and do you recognize the differences obviously between the two products there
1: yeah uh, you know i i so while I don't have an official position to, to share here, um you know, I, I'm conscious of the uh potential that hemp has for um, our society with multiple applications um as as um a renewable resource for um manufacturing and through the multiple you know methods with which extraction processes could net um helpful um particulates. So, you know, I, I, I I'm <laughs> I think the farm bill was a really good step in the right direction um i think that you know we have the opportunity to you know continue our country's great legacy of farming quality products and adding hemp to that you know or re uh adding i should say hemp to that list i think is a is a net good thing um but we you know i don't think we're even at the tip of the iceberg for the potential um, and the, you know, proliferation and opportunity that that it presents to our society.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Seth Ginsburg. I want to tell you, thank you very much uh, for coming on and joining us a little bit here. Dan obviously has to get the final word
2: in. No, no, no. I I just want to say, Seth, on a personal note, Creaky Joints would make an excellent band name. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> great well you know what membership is free check it out creakyjoints.org you sound like a great uh member to be i, I welcome uh your involvement in our community no I'm seriously i love it of, no i love uh, everything you talk talking about and it's all uh made available for free and and we're thankful to our sponsors for that of course but i'm uh glad to have joined you uh, this evening appreciate the important dialogue do you want to caution parents and their children around marijuana um, but I, I also, at the same time, um, look forward to uh, much more clinical evidence and literature and guidance from the medical and scientific community. That's what we're on the tip of the spear driving toward, and conversations like this are really important, um, moving that in that direction.
0: Well, thank you very much, Seth Ginsberg. Appreciate it from the Global Healthy Living Foundation and, of course, Creaky Joints. That was Seth. <laughs> In the Weeds with Jimmy Young is a production of the Pro Cannabis Media Group for the education and information of our listening audience. The opinions on this podcast are strictly those of the hosts of the program and do not represent Pro Cannabis Media or any of its affiliates. No medical advice is given and any use of cannabis should be by adults over the age of 21 and used responsibly.